Welcome to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films every Friday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Pacific and online at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. As a young girl, Colette Marin Catherine fought the Nazis as a member of the French resistance. Since 1945, she refused to set foot in Germany. That changes when a history student named Lucy enters her life and encourages her to visit the concentration camp where the Nazis killed her brother, Jean-Pierre. The film is called Colette, and we're joined today by the director, Anthony Cicchino, and by the producer, Alish Duaya. Thank you both for being here on Film School Radio. Yeah, thanks for having us. Thanks yeah, for having us. Yes, thank you. This is a, just a beautiful kind of a gut punch of 24 minutes of cinema in terms of not only Colette's story, but uh, so much about the French resistance and how important it was. But I'm going to bring up a statistic that is brought up in the film, and it's, I think it's illustrative of how we tend to look back in history and see things different than they actually were. And that statistic is, and Lucy brings it into the conversation, 1% of the French were actively a part of the resistance. And I think if you were to ask most people, they would assume that the percentage would have been much higher. And this is not to in any way to disparage the French. I'm not, and that's not the purpose, but it's just how few people did with what they were, what they were able to accomplish and how Colette was part of the resistance. Anthony, I'll start with you what inspired you to move forward with this uh, documentary film? Elise and I actually met as we developed this project. I was, I reached out to Elise because I, I was coming to France to do, um, to look for stories of World War II. We were focusing on sort of Normandy. We had a tour guide who was just taking us around, showing us the sites and the tour guide is who's, you know, first mentioned Colette's name, said that he knows this woman who's in the French resistance, he can make an introduction to her if she wants. And, and it was um, it was really just like that. We said, oh, that sounds interesting, but we didn't know anything about her at all. But I live in New York and, um, you know, Elise was uh, in, in, in France. So Elise sort of picked up the thread, say, let's figure out who this woman Colette is. Elise? Yeah. <laughs> and when Anthony called me um, the first place, I thought uh, I loved the, the, the movies that Anthony made and uh, his passion for history, for, to, for documenting history and history. And I thought, uh, let's uh, work together. And so we were there. Um, he was looking for um, stories about World War II. And um, uh, we had in mind that uh, story about a French uh, uh, resistant uh, woman fighter would be interesting. So when we heard uh, the, that our tour guide had uh, someone in mind, we, we connected to this famous Colette. And um, we saw the character that uh, we met, the character that you see in the film. <laughs> So this, uh, she was an, I mean, an amazing, uh, with an amazing voice, with very vivid memories of the war, with a, a tone like uh, no, none other, uh, very authoritative, very strong, but very tender too, very uh, um, in the in the will to with the, with a strong will to transmit. 
uh, her experience uh, uh, about the war, but also about life in general. Yeah. And um, we we started the discussion. Uh, we built uh, some uh, some uh, relationship of trust where she was interested in how we were proceeding with things and uh, what we how we would tell the story, and we with her discussed about how we could pay tribute to Jean-Pierre. Uh, Anthony, he knew Dora um, and Penemonde because he had been there already. So he had in mind that it would be nice to take um, Colette there. Nice. I mean, it would be strong to take, Colette, to take Colette there. But we agreed, Anthony and me, that this was a very emotional journey and that could only be done if it would make sense to Colette. And the six months of uh, conversation was about, would it make sense for her? And would, would she feel uh, that this journey is um, 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 a natural uh, follow-up of all her life? So um, she started to come to the idea that this, this could be possible. And when we discovered that this book about the, the, the deportees, French deportees to Dora was being written, and among them, this, uh, uh, the youngest one would, would being this, uh, this Lucy that we did not know, but who was keen to go to Dora as well because she had never been to a concentration camp, we thought, mm, maybe there's uh, something here, there's a story and uh, and we we when Anthony and I came back to Colette offering this uh, proposal, uh, Colette said yes. And in front of the camera, for the first time, the two women met, and uh, we were amazed by the magic of it. Uh, it's it's beautiful, and one of the wonderful accidents of of the film is that there is this huge gap in their ages she's lucy i'm going to guess is not much more than 20 years old well i don't even know yeah, she, she's 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 17 she was the 30, um okay she's the exact same age colette's brother was when he was arrested oh wow and so for for this 73 year gap in their ages uh and for someone like lucy who has obviously an interest in what happened during the Holocaust during World War II, to see that and play out through the eyes and of of Colette was we follow her this spectrum of life experience that between the two of them, it's an amazing thing to watch. I mean, you know, Colette, it's it's I think another reason why Colette wanted to do it because she recognized that she could transmit this story that that was important to her, right, uh, to pass this story down. To a newer generation, um, who Colette has said, you know, not in the film, but you know, afterwards, is that this is, you know, Lucy's generation is going to be the one that will really tell the true story of what um, happened during the war, and even in in France, right? Because as Colette, you know, said that um, when the war was over, there was also a sense of just like let's just get it behind us, the children of whether they be the resistance or the collaborators or the people who maybe just did nothing. You know, he sort of waited, didn't necessarily want to face that past, you know, because that may have brought up very uncomfortable questions. Uh, so that Colette believes like Lucy's generation is the right one to do this, to tell this story. Yeah. Well, let's talk about Jean-Pierre, her brother. 
who was, as you said, 17, part of the resistance and eventually arrested by the Gestapo and sent to a concentration camp. Uh, I'm not sure who wants to pick the ball up and run with this part of the story. Elise, do you want to talk about Jean-Pierre? Pleasure. So Jean-Pierre, he was uh, three years older than Colette. And he was a very handsome guy. Um, um, Colette says he was as like he was the handsome. He was the strong, uh, strongest. He was the the one she admired, and she was uh, uh, the second one, probably uh, because younger, so probably less competent because of age. But um, he was something, someone probably uh, very charismatic, and he was uh, when he was seventeen. Uh, he, he was um, uh, coming from a family of resistance. His father was uh, 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 resistant with a network. His mother was uh, uh, Colette's mother, and she was herself uh, daughter of um, of um, um, people. Uh, a brother, her father, and her two brothers uh, had been killed uh, in uh, World War One. So she was really against against the Nazi. So this was this was a spirit of the family. And Jean-Pierre, with uh, with mates, uh, um, gathered weapons, um, organized, did little things, not very, um, uh, very uh, grandiose, but uh, um, in, and in particular, once he, he he put some flowers on a, on a, on the grave that uh, that and this was forbidden by the Nazi when the the the, the grave was celebrating someone was against them. The, the the Nazi regime. So um, he did he, he did this, and uh, one uh, one person of the network uh, got caught and um, interrogated, and uh, and finally gave gave uh, name. And among them, uh, Jean Pierre, who was seventeen, he was in class uh, during a, during a, um, uh, during a class hours, and the, the Gestapo came. To collect him, and took him to the to a first uh, prison jail, la Madra, la maladrerie, where he stayed some months, um, and uh, not knowing exactly what was going to happen to him. It's interesting because this is where the picture that you saw in the frame has been taken by the father and uh, yeah. and Colette. At a time when uh, everything was, you, it was not really clear. Um, you mentioned about the, the fact that people were, some people were uh, resistant, actively resistant. Some people were helping the resistant. Some people were just doing nothing, and others were on the completely on the other side. But it's interesting to to know that in this situation, when a, a country is occupied, it's the case of France, but all the it, it happens uh, often uh, worldwide. When you disagree with your government, it's not easy to 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 know what to do and to take a stand. So this is what uh, this young uh, um, uh, guy said uh, uh, did, and he was uh, uh, not knowing exactly what was going to happen to him, but he, he did vanish um, afterwards. So I'll, I'll just add to that that the original quote-unquote crime was, you know, bringing the flowers to this grave. Colette herself, as a 14-year-old, was making those those bouquets. Right. So yeah. she she was making the bouquets and he was going off on his bicycle at night and leaving them at graves. So 
you know, Colette does like, you know, she says, you know, I didn't blow up a bridge or I didn't, you know, this or that. And I, all I did was sit. But, you know, that to me, small act of resistance, even just making the bouquets for that was enough that could have put her in prison. Yeah. You know, and, and ultimately. So, um, you know, I kind of think that's a tremendous act. You know, it, it's hard to fathom at the age of 17. I, I barely remember being 17 years old, but I know that the idea of resisting and occupying armed force would have been insanely courageous. I mean, just to the point of, I mean, at that point in your life, you're just beginning to figure things out. And all of a sudden you're in this situation. And as she said, the well, I'm going to repeat something that Colette said to you, Anthony, I, I guess when you first met her. Yeah. She said, uh, when it's your turn to live through a war, you'll see you yeah. don't have time to feel anything. And that is yeah. an amazing statement, and I an tr amazingly true statement, I'm going to assume. You know, she even talks about when the Americans and the British invaded, right? That's where she finds that she did her most work, because she, with her mother, helped in a military hospital for four months after the invasion. Uh, to illustrate that point with, with what you just said, you know, because they 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 had found wounded soldiers near their home. They had bandaged them up. They had taken them to the uh, military hospital, and the people at the hospital they were I think it was being run by the British said like Hey, this is really great work. We need you to stay here with us. So Colette, you know, worked as an assistant alongside her mother, and she said on one of the first days that she was there, a British nurse she was responsible for cleaning the um, Colette was responsible for cleaning. Uh, soldiers before they would be operated on. But at one point, she was handed, I believe it was a leg or an arm of a child, an amputated leg or an arm. And Colette said she just went completely black and fell down. And the nurse, she said she'd never been hit so hard. Nurse like just smacked her in the face, kind of to wake her up and it's like, come on, get back to work. And Colette said that um, that the nurse was right in doing that because it sort of did shock her back into action. And, you know, um, she also sort of knew what would happen if she didn't listen to the nurses. So she wasn't going to not listen to them, you know, again. But I think that's kind of the spirit of that. Like, you don't have time to think of anything, right? I mean, someone, could you right. imagine being in that? I think she was like, oh, at that point, she was maybe 15. Yeah. You know, when that happened. Again, all these are unfathomable. And what is so remarkable about Colette, the film Colette, by the way, which has been nominated for an Oscar for Best Documentary Short, is that we get to see Colette today, like looking back a telescope into history, back into that time. You can see how profoundly that impacted her and how she was able to overcome it. And also the sort of the personal trauma that she experienced, not only with the the, the capture of her brother, and, uh, and the death of her father, all these things that were happening to her. And her mother said something very candid to her. And I don't want to give away too much about the film. And I don't want people to see this, but also sort of all of the emotional turmoil that would have come from this situation. And her mother unknowingly said some things to her that had a profound effect on her as she moved through the rest of her life. But through it all, the strength that she she shows is just absolutely remarkable. And the, and the fact that at 90, she is so clear-eyed 
and her perspective is so strong is another testament to her. Again, there's just so many things about her that in addition to this remarkable story, just her as a subject, is amazing. Alicia, do you, did you want to add anything to, to that? No, except that indeed we, we, we've been uh, uh, very inspired all uh, by uh, Colette. Uh, uh, I know Lucie has been, and you see this uh, in a, on, the, yeah. uh, on the film. And the whole crew has been. We we we've been. Um, uh, we th this is a film that changed uh, our lives. Um, this uh, the encounter with uh, um, uh, this uh, strong woman uh, made uh, made um, uh, a, a profound impact on uh, on our life and. Uh, uh, the fact that there's this nomination to, of the uh, for the Oscar is one of them, but beyond the recognition of the film itself, uh, uh, at a human level, we've been very uh, moved by this uh, uh, by 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 Colette's voice. Well, in some ways, she's still a resistance fighter. In some ways, the, the fact that what she does going to Nordhausen and, and, uh, and to watch Lucy, who starts out the film as a clear eyed, you know, bright eyed, bushy tail, you know, kind of uh, she knows a lot about history. Well, I'm going to take this older woman to, you know, I'm going to be a part of this. This will be great. What a great life experience. And to watch them both break down in, in, in these very emotional ways with each other is profound. It's a profound. Yeah, she experiment. called it. Yeah, right. Lucy. Uh, she called it uh, an adventure. It's going to be a grand adventure. Like before they leave, like sort of her attitude is is like she's not ready for it. She doesn't know she's not ready for it, right? right? Like the the emotion of it, and certainly she was excited and would be excited to to, to take this trip. But for sure, I, I think that it probably caught her by surprise. I'll, I can say one thing: like when we the first day that they went to the camp. Like I, I was not in the car with them. I was waiting at a predetermined spot where the car was going to come to. But Elise was in the car. Camera was in the car, of course. And the first time I heard, like you know, because I was just waiting for them to come, you know, and I could hear what was going on. Finally, I'm like they're approaching, and the first thing that I heard was crying in the car before they even got to the camp together. Right? Yeah. So, so then I, I'm wondering myself, oh my god, what happened in the car? But Elise was there to sort of, you know, provide for me afterwards what, what happened. So I, I will take, <laughs> take the, the story here. In fact, Colette, so you were right. First, there was this um, um, sort of uh, adventure mode uh, in Lucy, very uh, open, very let's see. And in Colette, there was a bit of... Um, uh, already a bit of um, tension in the restaurant the night before. Uh -huh. So she was, so they were, but both of them, they were like very in control of their emotion, I would say. And in the, in the car, there was a, a, suddenly, a, 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 when we arrived through the woods uh, by um, uh, Dora, the silence stopped in the car. And uh, Colette says, hey, look at the trees. They might have been there at the time and they might remember the men who suffered here. And he, and he, got, he got us. 
all of us, we, 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 we could not con contain our emotion. Again, I'll say it again, very powerful, very powerful to watch um, this, especially the second half of the film, once they arrive in Germany and they, they get to, to, um, to walk the steps that her brother walked. And not only, you know, in the camp, but also in the building of the rockets. And then we see the them journey into the crematorium. And uh, it it's uh, very powerful. I don't know what else to say about it. I'm, I'm, I don't know. I think I've, I've lost my ability to articulate much more than that. And um, I want to thank both of you for the film. It's it's uh, it's a bit it was it's amazing. It's a remarkable film. And uh, congratulations on the Oscar nomination for Best Documentary Short. And uh, continue to do the work you're doing. I, I want to, uh, yeah, I want to thank, thank uh, our uh, thank you, director, Mike. the director of the film Colette. And that would be Anthony Giacchino, as well as the producer of the film, Elise Duya. Thank you, Mike. Thank you so much. Thank for you being so much. We thank enjoyed you. the conversation. Thanks. As well. Thank you. You've been listening to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. You can find out more about the program at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next week with another edition of Film School Radio.